This is Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a two-time national best-selling author and leading business advisor, will cover topics that help business owners operate their businesses more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And we are brought to you, of course, by the great folks at Capital Plus. They remove the hassles of balancing cash flow by becoming your full service credit in collections department. <clears throat> All right. So we've gotten I've gotten a bunch of questions about this. And actually, those of you guys who listened um, to a recent show we did, we did it uh, where I answered some listener questions. And um, uh, we I got some questions about how to value your business and things like that and how to position yourself. Um for for an exit so of course we go out and we find someone who is an expert in this field and specifically um, our guest this week um, we're going to talk about three different things really continuity in your business scalability and then we're also during that third segment he's going to give us some tips on uh, how to exit our business in the best way in the most optimal way so without further ado welcome to the show mr michael van from the van group thanks ken good to be here yeah, so literally, I just, um, gosh, I don't know, it's probably been a month or so ago. I, I, periodically, I'll do you know, answer listener questions, and I just got that question about, you know, uh, wanting to exit a business and, and things like that. And, and of course, I, I know a fair amount about that, but certainly uh, not to the level that you do, Michael. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show here and talk a little bit about that and um, talk about your three-legged stool. So everyone's going to, I'm going to leave that as a tease. We're going <laughs> to talk about that a little bit during the second segment. But Michael, why don't we start off with, um, tell us a little bit about your, your entrepreneurial journey. How did you get to, uh, how did you end up where you're at now? Well, I think probably like everybody else, it was entirely by accident. <laughs> you know, I um, <clears throat> went, to, went to college in the, uh, George Mason down in the Washington, D.C. area and, you know, graduated and happened to uh, go into a corporate job and, you know, was really kind of frustrated with working for somebody else. So my father said, hey, why don't you come back home to the family business? And, you know, being 25 years old and not having any, knowing any better, that's exactly what I did. And so, you know, 22 years later, we're still, we're still here in the family business. And, um, you know, it, it turned out that our family has a long history of not being able to work for anybody else. <laughs> we can trace our entrepreneurial roots back into the, into the late 1600s in actuality. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, we've done a horrible job working for people. So. <laughs> it was a, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that we would uh, get into the entrepreneurial space. Well, it's interesting, and I, I I hear what you're saying, and I hear people say that type of thing all the time, and and I I understand that personality type, but I would also say that uh, in some regards you're selling yourself a little bit short because while you're not working quote unquote for someone, you're working for a lot of customers and clients. And so you got to be good at that, or you, you would not. You guys not, would not have been doing this since the 1600s, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. No, you, you definitely, you definitely have to be good at what you do. Um, you know, particularly in the professional service space. You know, it's there's lots of people who start out in the in that profession, but they don't last all that long because they're really just looking for a job. So it does take a, a lot of hard work and stress to uh, be successful as an entrepreneur in this uh, professional service space. Yeah, especially as you mentioned, professional services. I mean, the lifeblood of your business is is word of mouth and, and your reputation. So, not being if you didn't handle folks in a good way, obviously you probably wouldn't be around long. Let alone for 
400 years <laughs> uh, uh, throughout your family history. So uh, good stuff there. Well, tell us a little bit about um, what you do now with uh, the Van Group. So the, the Van Group is, uh, you know, not only are we an entrepreneurial family, but we're also a, a multi-generational family business here. So I'm in business with my father and my sisters here, my mother. Um, and we have a variety of different businesses that kind of operate under our umbrella. But where I focus the bulk of my time is in the strategic consulting and transactional advisory side. So we work with, you know, I think you mentioned the three stools. We work with a lot of growth oriented companies, those second stagers who are looking at how do we start to, to build a business and build long term value uh, for the business. And then we also work in the succession transition play uh, space, which is those companies that are, you know, anywhere from a year to five years out from an exit and are contemplating that, but aren't sure how to affect it, what it should look like um, and how to get it done. And then our third stool, uh, like the stool is the, um, those are just say, get me out today. You know, so there's an M&A practice that we have that we handle sale of privately held businesses. So it's a, it's an interesting um dynamic as we cover them basically from once they've started up and survived all the way to the exit. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So you get to see the businesses throughout uh, various parts of their life cycle. I'm sure that keeps, keeps your, your job quite interesting. It it definitely does. And we're, we're industry agnostic. So we, you know, on any given day, could be working with another professional service firm or a engineering firm or a manufacturer of, you know, jet engine parts. Um, at, at any given day. So you're, you're really jumping around from industry to industry and company situation to company situations because some of them are family owned and others are, you know, partners and others are solo entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, so being that you, what you do for a living and how you work with businesses and, and obviously with, uh, as you had mentioned, your family history in the entrepreneurial space, what would you say, Michael, at least from your perspective has been the most challenging part um, as an entrepreneur yourself? That's a tough question because it's, you know, a, a given day, all of it is kind of hard. Uh, <laughs> and other days, some of it is, is pretty easy. I think, you know, a lot of it for, for a lot of entrepreneurs is uh, the discipline, you know, to be able to, to, to stick with it when you've had those bad days. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, you see a lot of opportunities when you're t- working with other companies and, um, to be able to, to turn down those ones when a client might say, hey, why don't you do this with us or, or that? So I think the discipline side of sticking to it and getting up, up every day and, and going to work and uh, dealing with the challenges that come uh, is, is really probably the hardest part. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think um, it's interesting you mentioned that because I talk with folks all the time and I mentor some folks um, that are in the process of, of uh, wanting to start a business and, and things like that. And you know, honestly, and I would guess based on what you just said, Michael, you would agree, not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur. Um, I think you have to have the right mindset. And, and some folks might have really good ideas and and things like that. But they, if they don't have the right mindset, you know, to, to what you just mentioned, I think that's where you fall short. Oh, definitely. And you also have to have the, you know, I hate to say you use the term humble, but you've got to be humble at some of because there are a lot of things that you're going to have to do that you don't want to do. Like I would never have considered myself a salesperson, but when, you know, having food on the table is, is your livelihood, you better figure out how to sell what you sell. Um, and the same thing goes with all those other aspects of, of running a business. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing beneath you when you're, when you're on your own business. Definitely. Definitely. I think it's interesting. Uh, Grant Cardone talks about, um, you know, when he says, people say, oh, you know, I don't like, to, I'm not a salesperson or I don't like to sell. 
He said, look, we're all salespeople. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're a salesperson. It, you might be convincing your kids to eat their, the rest of their green beans. Um, that's a sales job. You're, you're selling that, the, the why they should you know, eat their green beans, for example. Um, so we're all doing it in some form or fashion, but as an entrepreneur, as you mentioned, uh, critically important to your survival. Definitely. All right, well, again, this week we're talking with Michael Van from the Van Group. You can find out more information about them. And of course, we're gonna, we're gonna dive into a little bit more specifics about what they do uh, during the second segment, but you can find out more information at their website, which is van-group.com. Uh, That's V-A-N-N-G-R-O-U-P.com. So come back after the break, we'll give the Mr. Biz tip of the week, and we'll dive into more about uh, the, the three-legged stool from the Van Group. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at CheckOffYourList.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right. Welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio. And it is time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And this week's tip, um, oddly enough and ironically enough and coincidentally enough, I guess I'll say, uh, ties into some of the things that Michael and I were talking about during the first segment. Now, that the tip this week is obstacles are actually opportunities in disguise. And I think too many people get the wrong, again, mindset and think about things, uh, obstacles as obstacles and as, as a detriment. And, and in reality, a lot of times they end up being opportunities in disguise. I mean, take, for example, the, uh, the, the recent COVID situation and pandemic situation that we've been dealing with globally. I mean, that, those types of things create opportunities. I, I just was I actually interviewed uh, from a writer at Forbes and was talking about, we were talking about the last uh, economic downturn in sort of that 08, 09 timeframe and the number of companies that uh, uh, came out of that, you know, sort of rose like the Phoenix out of that, the ashes of that economic downturn. A lot of companies that are big household names now that um, were not in in existence prior to that, but you know, those were opportunities. um, Those, those founders sought those opportunities and made them work. So that is the Mr. Biz tip of the week on Mr. Biz radio brought to you by capital plus they unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. They create customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. All right. So again, this week we're talking with Michael Van from the Van Group. And Michael, let's talk a little bit about, um, so what, what's a typical engagement? And I, I know it's probably not the easiest <laughs> way to describe it because there's no typical engagement, but um, what's it look like when, when a company says, hey, you know what? I think I can use you. Um, what's it typically look like? So it's usually, um, you know, we call it the, the inflection point, right? The company is probably hit a spot where they're just not sure uh, what to do or where to go next. So they know they need some, some outside help. 
Um, and that can be in any kind of area. It could be because they're looking to, to grow or they're more, more likely they're having a hard time continuing with their growth. Um, it could be that, you know, someone's looking in the mirror now and going, God, I'm a lot of gray hair and I'm getting tired. I don't want to be doing this anymore. How do I start to affect this tran- transition out <clears throat> with the business? Mm-hmm. There's all these moving pieces and uh, that I have to figure out between family and partners and the financial side of it and not sure how to do it. Or other times, you know, they've hit that, you know, that point where they just go, you know, it's time to go now. I'm not even, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just, I, I got to get out. So those, usually those decision points, they've hit that inflection point is when they decide to come to us to talk about their situation. Yeah, it makes sense, especially considering, you know, like the three-legged soul we had talked about. Um, you know, an interesting thing for me is I, I was working with a client a couple of years ago that um, was wanting to put together a five-year exit plan. Um, so, of course, we start talking about ways to maximize the value of the business, et cetera. And one of the interesting parts uh, in the discussion that he hadn't considered, um, and, and so I'd like to get your thoughts on this as well, is he had be, so he had started this business, a service-based business. He had started when he was 18 years old. He's now early 50s at the time, at least. And um, he obviously started it from a you know one-bedroom apartment and grown it to a, a significant uh, size business. But one of the things we talked about was I said, you have to really start to transition yourself out of the business prior to that five years because you could get to the end of that five years and you're such a, a critical cog in the wheel of that company because you've been there for you know 30 plus years that when someone goes to buy that company, if they don't have expertise in that field, they may not want to buy your company, right? Because you, you have so, so much intrinsic value that you're, you're bringing to the table. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge issue um, because most owners are very, very engaged in the data operations of their, of their business. So the business sort of revolves around them. You know, they're kind of like, they've got all these little satellites that, that take care of them. So a lot of the work that we do with owners is how do we, how do we structure this business so it can operate successfully without you? Mm-hmm. Because if you can do that, then you have a wealth of options available to you on that, on that exit. You can keep it and allow third parties to run it. You can, you know, sell it to somebody. You can just, uh, you know, whatever you want to do with it, but you've got options if the business doesn't need you. Whereas if it does need you, then, you know, sellers or, or buyers are very hypocritical of it, uh, critical and um, are going to impact the valuation or impact their interest in it because they are concerned about who's going to run it. Sure. Yeah. Interestingly enough, um, I had another client, uh, similar type of situation where, um, and he's based, uh, several States away. And I made a trip down to, to visit him, um, which I do a t- couple times a year. And, um, he kind of put me on the spot and he was considering transitioning the business to one of his children. And he wanted my evaluation, whether that was a good idea or not. Um, so you want to talk about a, a tricky situation <laughs> as yeah. far as, you know, kind of uh, toe in the line there, but also, you know, as I like to say, I don't, I don't like to fake the funk. I want to, you know, I, I'm a truth teller. Um, and sometimes people say they want to hear the truth. They don't actually want to hear the truth. So uh, it was an interesting uh, situation. If you run into situations like that, where there's potential to, you know, push the, the business down to family members and, and maybe they weren't just, there wasn't someone there that was really capable of running, taking the reins. Oh, more often than not. I mean, I think there, there was a survey done by Mass Mutual a number of years ago that said basically uh, it surveyed sellers or founders, whatever, that 50% of the successors weren't prepared for it because it's not something that um, a hands-on owner 
is going to do is going to prepare the children to take over the business because they're, they're the ones still doing things. They're the final decision makers. So when it comes time for that next generation to, to step in, you know, the parent usually doesn't have the confidence because they didn't train them in it. Mm-hmm. So we see that as a, as a huge issue that that next generation is not prepared to take over. And it's usually the founder's fault. <laughs> they didn't prepare them. Yeah, no, and it's interesting. It's it, what you said is is exactly spot on the situation. Um, not only was his, uh, in this case, it was his daughter. Um, she wasn't prepared, and frankly, wasn't experienced enough in enough of the different areas. But it's, it's just what you mentioned. He said, "Well, she's been working in the business for eight years now." Well, yeah, she has, but the roles that she's had have been administrative in nature. So she doesn't really understand or grasp how the, you know, what really makes the business tick Um, because yeah, sure. She's been in the business, but not really, you know, seeing things from a bird's eye view to where she can start to formulate her own opinions and and start to learn, you know, again, what makes it tick. And so, you know, exactly spot on what you said, Michael, it's a scenario that I ran into. Yeah. Very common. Yeah. And I think um, I can't remember the exact stats, but that's what I thought you were going to reference is I saw, um, and I shouldn't even mention it since I can't recall the exact numbers, but, you know, second generation uh, businesses fail X percent of the time. And then the third generation, it just is an astronomical leap uh, as yeah, far as failure. It's 30% of second, make it to second gen, 15% to third. And then I think it's 3% to fourth generation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It's just a huge drop off. You know, so we, we've, we've worked with them in all different stages and I don't, I've yet to have one that made it to the fifth generation. So. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I'd love to really dive into that at some point and figure out like, geez, I wonder why that is. I mean, there's obviously a whole host of potential reasons for it, but you know, you think growing up with your parents running a business, you know, I guess you could decide pretty early on, like this is for me or it's not for me, but um, I feel like, you know, being raised in that environment, um, you know, would kind of, at least initially would make you, you know, want to want to join that business, but maybe not, maybe not. Well, what happens a lot of it is that, you know, second generation saw the first generation work hard and is prepared to work hard, but third generation didn't see that. So they only saw the benefits. Uh, and and by the time you get to fourth generation, it's been it's been a long time since we've even had grandpa's stories about how hard it was to start the business. Yeah, no, so that makes sense. A lot of it makes makes sense. And, and the other side of it too is a lot of a lot of owners don't want their children in the business long term. They want something better for them, which I always find ironic since the business has been very good to them in most cases. Yep. Yep. All right, we're going to hit a break here. We're going to come back talking with Michael Van. He's going to give us some tips on exiting our business profitably. Are you looking for ways to streamline your business? If so, Pulse can help. Pulse is a CRM and marketing automation platform with many features, such as email and text message marketing, project management, quoting and invoicing, and much more. If you're a franchise, we also have a franchise-specific version with robust franchise management capabilities. Request your demo today at thepulsespot.com. Again, that's thepulse, P-U-L-S-E, spot.com. If you find listening to Mr. Biz Radio is helpful, imagine having live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also five other trusted business experts. It's true. You can have live access to your very own CFO, plus a business attorney, a website and digital marketing expert, a sales and growth guru, a financing professional, and a customer experience master. Visit MrBizSolutions.com to learn more. 
Join Mr. Biz Nation at MrBizSolutions.com. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. And again, this week we're talking with Mr. Michael Van from the Van Group. And again, you can check out more information about what they do on their website. That's Van slash group uh, dot com. I shouldn't say slash. It's a hyphen. V-A-N-N hyphen group dot com. And you can learn all about uh, the three-legged stool and how, all the different things as we've been talking about, how they help businesses and all different uh, shapes, forms, fashions uh, during their life cycle of a business. But we're going to focus this segment on on exiting. So at some point or another, you know, if you're a business owner, there's something you need to think about. And obviously, you want to be able to do that in the most profitable way, in the most optimal way. And we touched on a little bit that during the last segment, some of the some of those trials and tribulations you can run into. But I'm very curious, Michael, to get some of your tips on this and, and because it's going to be an impact for I mean, the vast majority of our listeners are business owners and entrepreneurs. So this will be something I'm sure they're on the edge of their seats waiting, <laughs> waiting to hear what you have to say about this. Well, when we, when we start to talk to a, a company about the exit and what they what that should look like, there's always the objective is to get to the point where you control three things, the who, the when and the, and the how much. Right. As a, as a business owner, you want to be able to control who you sell to, um, when you're going to exit, what that time frame is, and then how much are you going to get? And those aren't, you know, independent of each other because they're they're all linked. You know, if you want to sell internally to a child or a key employee, you may not be able to maximize your value, but you might be able to control, um, you know, the, the when on, on some of that. Whereas if you're going to market, maybe you don't get to have as much control over the when, but you have more control over the, over the how much. So understanding those three questions is, you know, part of that initial process for a, for a business owner to figure out. Um, and you have to, you have to have good answers to those because they drive the whole, the whole process for you. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of that talk, you know, comes down into always the valuation side of, of things and it's really important, you know, we tell our clients to start, get evaluation early and sit down with your financial advisor, you know, as soon as you possibly can to plan, because there's nothing worse than, you know, realizing the business is worth X, but realizing you need Y or Z to actually be able to, to get out. Mm-hmm. And um, that's always been a, a hard part for, for business owners to come to grips with that the business may not be worth as much as they think it is. Um, so getting that that valuation done and understood as to how it impacts your your overall planning is is something that we consider really important for for an owner to do um, because it's going it to impact the decisions you make on an exit over the next few years. You know, you either going to have to decide that you're going to grow the business to get to that number, or you're going to decide to uh, explore alternatives. You know, for your post post sale life. Another thing that you know, those tips that we talk about is um, it's amazing to me is how many buyer, I mean, sellers don't know their own business. You know, they've never looked at it from the perspective of a, of a sell a buyer. So, you know, we'll, we'll take a company to market and start to talk to them and they really don't understand the drivers of it. They don't understand what a, what a buyer is looking at when they, when they come to it. And I was great examples. We had a software software company we sold a number of years ago and, you know, in the software business, it's all about reoccurring revenue and, you know, duration of those those customers. And they couldn't answer the question when when we posed it to them um, because they never looked at the business from that from that standpoint. They just knew that there was money in the bank 
Um, you know, they'd bill somebody and hopefully it would come in. So they were, they were content with that, but with us, you know, with a buyer, they wanted to know how consistent that cash flow was, how much those things were there. So taking that perspective and looking at the business from a, from a critical standpoint, like a buyer is going to look at it is going to save you a tremendous amount of time, um, in, in pain when it comes to, to that transition, because those are the things that, you know, make the business attractive or are going to be the ones that absolutely kill a deal uh, down the line. So I, think are, I think it's interesting, Michael. Um, I, I liken it to, and I've used this analogy before, um, someone like yourself talking with a business owner and really giving them a, uh, an honest assessment of, of what you think the business is worth. It's, I think it's very analogous to a realtor. So a realtor goes to your house and you want to sell your house. And, and how often do you hear people get absolutely shocked um, or ticked off, frankly, sometimes <laughs> because, you know, you, you've invested so much in your house and, you know, you, all the, the growing up and the family, et cetera, et cetera, just like you do with your business. And so I think, at least in my experience, it's been that more often than not, the owner just doesn't have a realistic assessment, much like you, a homeowner might not of the value of their home and their business in this case, because, you know, they, they have a you know, somewhat rose colored glasses on and they, you know, to your point, what you mentioned last uh, segment about, they know what it took to grow this thing and they know how, how much blood, sweat and tears have gone into it. Well, a buyer doesn't give a crap about that, right? <laughs> They're looking at, you know, where are we at today and where are we going into the future? They don't, they don't give a crap about all the hard work that's been put in to get to that point. So I think that's an interesting dichotomy. Yeah, one of the things we frequently see with, with sellers is they tell us about the opportunity. Well, someone could do so well with this business that, you know, when they come in and buy it. And I say, that's great, but no one's going to pay you for that. Because <laughs> right. that's why they're buying it today because they see the opportunity. So they're not going to give you the money today for that. They're going to be based on the historical um, and what's there today. And that's, that's really hard for, I think, a lot of entrepreneurs because they they do have those rose colored glasses and have always seen the opportunity in the business that's that's there, and that opportunity has a, a value that has driven them uh, to continue growing the business. So to think that someone's not going to pay them for that is very frustrating and, and confusing. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. What are some other things that uh, we should be concerned about as far as what are th- some things to avoid um, when you're considering um, an exit? So one of the one of my favorite ones to talk about is bad advisors, because it's a, it's amazing how many bad advisors are out there when it comes to to, to business transactions and, and and advice. And you know you could have a lawyer who's really good at um, you know divorces or real estate, or whatever, but they may not be very good when it comes to commercial transactions. Um, or you may have an accountant who, yeah, they do a fine job in filing your tax return, but do they really understand the the nuances in the tax law as it's going to impact a stock versus asset sale and and those types of things? So advisors to me are uh, kind of one of the the linchpins of a successful transition um, because they they have to they have to have an expertise in that area and and a lot of them don't. So we you know we we come into deals or internal transactions and. Um, you know, don't have a, don't have a good advisory team. It's going to, it's going to sink it. Um, the other thing too, that we're always on the lookout for, particularly with an internal transaction is we like to call them the legacy costs. You know, all, all owners are are guilty of um, maybe keeping someone along uh, around too long or, 
They haven't been paying attention to certain things. So they have all these, these things that have let go as business as usual that a buyer may not be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that they're going to suddenly have to deal with, because suddenly you find that, you know, Susie in accounting, yeah, she's allowed to leave at two o'clock every day <laughs> and is well overcompensated for the market. But what are we going to do? She's been there for, you know, 35 years. Right. So a lot of the, a lot of the legacy costs are, are hidden costs that, a, that a, someone's going to have to deal with. And, it, you know, as a, as a seller, you've got to try to figure out what those are um, and make a buyer aware of them to, or deal with them in advance of that. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And, um, and I see it, oh gosh, I, I see that in God, almost every business I've ever worked with. You know, there's, there's, there's someone like that that's, that's oh, been yeah. hanging around and it might be a family member, as a matter of fact. Um, but look, we've been talking this week with Michael Van of the Van Group. I'll tell you guys, this is so, so critically important. Think about it this way. Let's say you're going to exit the business and let's just use round numbers and say it's a, it's a million dollar sale. If you're 10% off, think about the impact, right? $100,000 difference. Um, and having someone, a trusted advisor, someone like Michael Van from the Van Group um, in your corner to make sure you maximize the value. Michael, thanks really very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. Have a great week. And don't forget, as always, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus, a division of United Capital Funding Group. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for more than 27 years. Learn more about them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.